Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of October 3, 2015. The first item in the news this week has to do with a new structured negotiation agreement between ACB and Humana. Laney Feingold's email reads as follows. Today, Humana announced that it is now offering talking prescription labels and braille prescription labels. The company is also offering health plan documents in alternative formats and has a long-standing policy of digital, web, and mobile accessibility. The press release and agreement are the result of structured negotiations between Humana, the American Council of the Blind, and three blind Humana members. No lawsuit was filed. Humana is the fifth company to sign a settlement agreement on talking prescription labels as a result of structured negotiations. And the joint press release between Humana and ACB reads, Humana offers talking prescription labels for members with visual impairments. New service continues Humana's commitment to quality care and member experience. Louisville, Kentucky, September 30, 2015. Humana, New York Stock Exchange, HUM, announced that it would now offer talking prescription labels at no cost to blind and visually impaired members who fill prescriptions through Humana Pharmacy, Inc., and at its seven Prescribit Rx locations in Florida. Humana, a leading health and well-being company, worked on its Accessible Prescription Initiative with the American Council of the Blind and individual blind members in Nevada, Florida, and Georgia. Humana offers talking labels provided by the Scriptability Prescription Accessibility System, a service of Envision America. The talking labels provide people who cannot read standard print a safe and convenient way to access information on prescription labels. Humana members who are blind, have low vision, or those who have dyslexia will benefit greatly from the new service. Braille labels are also available through the Humana Mail Order Pharmacy. In addition to accessible prescription labels and to ensure, quote, equality and opportunity for meaningful access to health care services and activities, end quote, Humana blind or visually impaired members may request alternative format communications, such as Braille, audio, large print, screen reader, accessible PDFs, at no cost, as their standard communication method, by sending an email to accessibility at humana.com. A concierge representative will contact members in response. Quote, One size does not fit all with our blind and visually impaired members. Effective communication in the chosen format of the member is extremely important. Braille and talking labels on prescription bottles 
are two ways that Humana serves its members, says Dr. Michelle Griffin, Ph.D. of Humana Language Assistance and Alternative Format Services. ACB President Kim Charlson is enthusiastic about Humana's initiative. Quote, Talking and Braille labels are not a luxury for blind people, she says. Accessible labels are critical for people with visual impairments to take medication safely and independently. This initiative demonstrates that Humana cares about its blind members and is a leader in its field. End quote. Humana Pharmacy members can request talking or Braille labels by contacting the Humana Pharmacy Call Center at 800-379-0092. As he became the new Interim Executive Director for the American Council of the Blind, Eric Bridges announced this week that ACB will be holding its mid-year meeting Saturday, February 27 through Tuesday, March 2 at the Crown Plaza Old Town Alexandria Hotel, located at 901 North Fairfax Street in Alexandria, Virginia. The room rate will be $109 plus tax each night. The board meeting will take place on February 27, the affiliate president's meeting on February 28, and the legislative seminar on February 29. The Hill visits will be made on March 1. To make room reservations, please call 877-317-5752. When making reservations, please let the customer service representative know that you are with ACB in order to receive our special rate of $109 a night. The hotel's location will also allow for many dining and shopping options in close walking distance. The hotel also has an airport shuttle. The programming for the meetings will be forthcoming over the next couple of months, so listen to Soundprints for more information. Melanie Brunson certainly didn't take a very long vacation. The Blinded Veterans of America announced this week that Melanie Brunson has been appointed as the organization's Director of Government Relations. Melanie will serve as BVA's primary legislative liaison between Blinded Veterans nationally and the U.S. Congress. She will prepare legislative testimony, correspond with elected representatives and senators, direct the association's research on legislative issues affecting blinded veterans, and represent BVA in advocating for blinded veterans at the Department of Veterans Affairs, VA, Central Office. She will also participate in legislative policy development and analysis at annual BVA national conventions. On a national level, Melanie brings with her to BVA a wealth of knowledge and an excellent breadth of experience in her advocacy on behalf of the blind, said BVA President Al Avina. She is a most welcome and important addition to the BVA headquarters staff as they continually strive to more effectively serve America's blinded veterans and their families. 
a licensed attorney, Brunson was most recently the executive director of the American Council of the Blind, ACB. She joined the ACB staff in August of 1998, initially serving as the organization's director of advocacy and governmental affairs. She moved to the executive director's position in 2003. We remind you that ACB Families is still holding its membership drive. Dues are $8 a person, and everyone who joins by the end of October will not only be a member through 2016, but will have a chance to win one of two prizes, a $50 gift certificate or a $100 gift certificate to help with Thanksgiving dinner. For more information, contact Adam Russell, ACB Families Treasurer at 502-303-7078. Don't forget to make your hotel reservations for the Kentucky Council of the Blind 2015 Convention coming up November 13 and 14. It's at the Ramada Inn North, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville, and the rates are $75 a night plus tax. Make reservations by calling 502-897-5101 by October 30. Exhibit and sponsor information are now also available. For more information, call 502-895-4598. Debbie Hazelton hosts a new cooking show on ACB Radio Mainstream. She visits with us on page 2. Mike Hudson from the APH Museum is back with us on page 3. And he has some exciting news for listeners throughout the country. Find out where you can obtain all kinds of information about interesting topics on the Internet and learn about how the Printing House is participating in making historical documents about schools for the blind available to all of us. And on page 4 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. On the phone with me is Debbie Hazelton, and those of you that listen to ACB Radio will know that Debbie has a number of shows on the uh, different channels on ACB Radio. And uh, Debbie, we're so glad you're with us because you're going to be telling us about your new cooking show that is currently available on Mainstream, and it hasn't been there very long. So introduce our listeners to the to to all the new cooking things they can learn. Well, hi, Carla, and thank you for this opportunity. Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, Randy Rusnak, some of you may know Randy personally or may have seen him out there on Twitter or Audio Boom. He is known as the Big R. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I had known Randy on Twitter for the last couple of years, and when uh, he demoed the OptiGrill, O-P, T-I-G-R-I-L-L, one word. I heard this demo, and I thought, we need this guy on ACB radio because he's, he's very funny, he's very thorough, he taught cooking before as a rehab professional, rehab teacher, and um, I just, I knew he would, and I also knew he had done a lot of radio and podcasting. So... I just asked him if he would like to do a cooking show, and he said, oh, yeah, let's do it. So we thought about calling it something crazy like mix it, flip it, 
drop it, eat it, you know, <laughs> something yeah. really crazy. Yeah. And we knew that was really going to be too long. And so somebody, when he talked about it, somebody, you know, he knew he, he was doing it with Debbie Hazelton, and he said that out there. And they said, well, why, aren't you, why don't you just call it the Hazelnuts? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did, and um, we decided that even though there is, Cooking in the Dark out there, we felt like ACB Radio needs its own cooking show, and we also wanted it to be from the perspective of people who are totally blind, because uh, Dale is not, and even though he does have other people, you know, feeding him a lot of recipes, bringing him a lot of recipes that are totally blind, we felt that that perspective was one that we wanted to have out there, and we also wanted it to cover a range of types of interest in cooking or ability in cooking from people who haven't done much of any to people who really like to cook a lot of things. So we've had a lot of people come out, sort of come out of the closet and say that they're taking baby steps, that they've been afraid of the stove or even though they one person said even though she was married and has children, she wasn't allowed in the kitchen when she was growing up, and she has really been afraid of the stove, and so she wanted some help with that. And, you know, we've had people talk about their fear and their lack of skill with cutting and and that they wanted some tips in meat cutting. And um, And then we've had other people talk about grills that they use and that they like to charcoal and that they like to barbecue and and you know wanting to demo and wanting to know more about you know other things that we might know along those lines and marinades and and you know just all kinds of things we've done 11 shows so far oh my kind of i didn't think it'd been that long i know <laughs> i know we're kind of amazed too that it's it, it started in mid-july we we were going to start a little sooner, and we decided to wait till after convention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was right in the middle of my computer dying and having all kinds of crazy tech things, but we just, we just have managed beautifully between various apps that we're using and um, both of us being able to edit at different times. And so oh, we've, we've had themes, like we did a whole show on beans, and we did one on, and I snuck coffee in there, because that's beans, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and we did one on potatoes, and we did one about uh, frying, because Randy also demoed the Philips Air Fryer, and oh my goodness, that is such a wonderful device for saving on 70 to 80% of the fat and getting to really enjoy fried foods and without with only maybe a couple of teaspoons of oil. I oh, mean really? it's just incredible. Yeah. Wow. And I didn't know we about did, that. I need oh, to listen incredible. to your show. <laughs> I know it. And it's finally gotten to be a podcast. It actually started as a podcast, but it's finally gotten approved through iTunes. So mm-hmm. so we're really excited about that and and we play little tricks on each other. He he plays more on me, but because <laughs> he ends up with the final editing a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my gosh, I mean, just a great sense of humor. And we laugh and cut up because we want it to be fun. We want, we want people to feel really good about cooking, and, and we, 
you know, we know that a lot of people are nervous or afraid. And somebody else came um, came out to me on Twitter and said, oh, I'm just taking little baby steps and I've, you know, I just bought a Dutch oven and I want to know, you know, how to use it and when I can use my crock pot and when I can, you know, how can I make desserts and all these different questions sure. that, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yes. We did a show on bacon and all kinds of things you can do with bacon, but bef- the week before that we did on- one on baking. Uh-huh. Baking. So I said, uh, I put out something, I said, we're going from bacon to bacon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now, and so the show is, it's pre-recorded then, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and so each week basically then has a theme. Yep. Yep, so far it's been that way. Last week's was soups and stews, Mm -hmm. and this week is all about substitutions. What do you do when you don't have enough of something? Oh, that'll be a neat show. Yeah. And what time is that on? It's on at 9 p.m. Eastern, Mm -hmm. and it's an hour, and then it replays every two hours throughout the next day, and then it goes to podcast. Okay. And so the the um, previous shows then will be available through the podcast. Yes, and you can go into any podcatcher at this point, and if you want to subscribe, you can just look for Cooking with the Hazelnuts. Mm-hmm. But if you want to just look for it without subscribing, you can um, the the uh, feed is acbradio.org slash hazelnuts.xml Okay. All right. And um, do you have, tell us about some of the things. Do you have some things planned for the, but you have some great stuff coming up for the holidays. Oh, we do. We're going to (laughs) be, we're going to definitely be going through a lot of our favorite holiday recipes and Mm -hmm. different kinds of dressings and different ways to cook turkeys and all those different holiday desserts and sides and oh gosh I mean that's that's definitely going to have us busy (laughs) um I know and I think before the holidays get here we'll definitely do something on grilling um uh, because there are different people that want to demonstrate different outdoor grills even Larry's talking about submitting something he's got a really great setup for grilling and charcoaling and smoking and all that. Mm-hmm. And I have a favorite holiday cider that uh, maybe I'll put something in about that. Mm-hmm. And how about for Halloween? Um, I'll have to think about that. Randy's <laughs> probably got some ideas. Um, I know uh, there there have been some cupcakes for Halloween Um and uh, that cider is either holiday, holiday Halloween or Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know specifically, but probably some candies or baked goods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it just really sounds interesting, and I'm going to have to catch that. Uh, I'm going to have to catch that uh, substitution show. Yeah. Actually, by the time this show airs, I think that the um, All About Substitutes will be on it will have been on already oh, it will have been on. yeah okay um, i don't know i don't know exactly what's coming up the week after yeah. we we sometimes make it up we decided on the fly mm-hmm. and um even though there are 
and I know one night we've, we've talked about doing one on pressure cookers because there are talking pressure cookers out there. So that's another thing that we have talked about. We have another thing in the show that's very funny and, and kind of fun, you know, interesting in a way. We have a sound bite. And we it's funny because we call it the sound bite, bite, bite. And it's it could be spelled B-I-T-E or B-Y-T-E. Mm-hmm. And it's always just a real kind of a quick hint of something that you can do. And, um, you know, it could be something as simple as making sure that your blender has a lid on it <laughs> uh, so your yes. stuff doesn't fly everywhere. Exactly. <laughs> one time Randy gave a good one about take your bacon if you don't want it to shrink and rinse it and then dry it, and that should keep it from shrinking. And, you know, just interesting little things. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that sounds good. Just the little tips are sometimes... Yep. Uh, they're terrific. I love all those kinds of little little tips. But the humor between us mm-hmm. is also just, I mean, it usually is a very entertaining show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now tell um, us briefly, too, your, um, about your other, your other shows. Sure. Um, Monday is the Good Energy Mix, okay. and I've been doing that show for over eight years now. It's on ACB Radio Interactive. And it's from 11 to 1. And it's upbeat, positive, fun, silly, all kinds of things to bring new positive energy into the week. Mm-hmm. And a lot of jazz, a lot of real variety of music, but it mostly upbeat kind of sounding. Um, and then Tuesday night, also on Interactive, is In the Quiet. And that's at 7 p.m. Eastern. And that's a lot more just... Um, gentle, um, meditative, maybe a little bit inspirational, but I try to, if I do put anything in there that is religious, then I really try to put other things in from kind of across the board, Mm -hmm. because it's not aimed at any one religion, but it's just really meant to help people rest and rejuvenate in in whatever way speaks to them. Right. Well, that's that's really good, and uh, so we want to remind everybody then to be sure and tune in to Cooking with the Hazelnuts on beginning <laughs> Saturday evenings at nine o'clock. Yes, and every and that's nine Eastern, mm-hmm. and um, alternating every two it played every two hours after that through that would be be through then seven p.m. on Sunday evening. Yep, mm-hmm. and um, just to remind people. Uh, the ACB Radio website is www.acbradio.org, and the phone number is 605-475-8130. And the forum and ACB re- reports is 8154. Uh, just keep your ears open, everyone, because I know that I'm putting some of these holiday treats that I've talked about on the hazelnuts into the holiday auction. Oh, yes. Everybody listen up, and uh, we'll be bringing more information to you on that uh, in several times in the weeks to come. And the yeah. auction itself is going to be on Sunday, December 6th from 7 to 11 Eastern Time on um, ACB Radio, and you'll want to be sure and tune in for all the fun. All right.
great. Well, thank you very much, Debbie. We we are so glad that you could take the time and be with us and um, and share the cooking show. We have a lot of listeners that don't listen to ACB radio all the time, and some of them are people who even get this on CD and would be the telephone listeners. So we really well, appreciate you being here. Thank you, Carla. Thank you for the opportunity. I just love counting. 25,000, 30,000. If I had my way, what's this? What's this? Isn't it a bit early for this? It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's not too early, especially if you plan to contribute to the fourth annual ACB Radio Holiday Auction. Well then, I suppose you have plans telling them how they might contribute. Well, yeah, Mr. We sure do, so come on, get busy. The deadline for contributing auction items is fast approaching. We need to know about your item by October 15th and receive all non-perishable items in our Minneapolis office by November 1st. All donors will be positively recognized in a myriad of wonderful ways, so come on, get busy, mister. I, I suppose you could give me the details, but... I make no promises. About donating items? Contact the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. I just love muffins with prickly pear jelly inside and other treats. Can I have them? Of course, you'll have to buy them, mister. I never. (laughs) Just when is this auction? Sunday, December 6th. Much more about that soon. Now, uh, mister, would you happen to be Ebenezer Scrooge? Am I who? (laughs) Bah. Humbug. What do you think? Page three. We have a guest with us now that hasn't been on Sound Prince for at least several months, and... We're just real glad to have him back with us. We have Mike Hudson from the uh, American Printing House for the Blind Museum. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much, Carla. Mike, tell us what's going on at the museum in the next few months. We haven't we haven't heard about all the fun things that are happening there for a while. Well, we're wrapping up our uh, our 2015 schedule in a in a big way. Uh, our our October program, as it has been, gosh, since I started at APH ten years ago. Carly, ten years. Yes, it's been ten years. It can't be that long. Uh huh. And oh, uh, wow. one of the very first programs that we did in uh, that year, that fall, was a Halloween mask workshop, and it's been popular. And so, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. That's right. So, <laughs> so Saturday, October twenty fourth. Uh, at ten thirty, we're going to do our tactile mask workshop again, and it, it's it's already actually uh, the initial uh, ten thirty uh, workshop is filled up, and we're 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 going to uh, probably organize one in the afternoon, probably starting at one or one thirty oh. to, to do a second session, and that happens a lot of years where because uh, kids, you know, it's just Halloween time, and kids love making masks. So, sure. Um, yeah. So that's that's October. Our November program, I'm really excited about. It's it's about uh, rehabilitation for blinded veterans after World War II, mm-hmm. and uh, that's on Saturday, November seventh at one o'clock. And 
basically it's our Veterans Day program mm -hmm. uh, where we're going to, you know, uh, before World War II, there was no formal orientation and mobility training. Mm -hmm. And there was a guy named uh, Richard Hoover who had been a, a PE teacher at the Maryland School for the Blind. And for the first time probably in the history of the armed forces, they actually put the right man in the right place. So instead of, like, giving him a shovel somewhere in Southeast Asia, you know, they they actually uh, uh, found him in their system. He was in the Army and made him uh, uh, in charge of training at the Valley Forge Hospital. And so these guys would be coming back home with, their, with soft tissue injuries. The eyes had been injured by, you know, explosions and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Hoover determined that the very – first thing that people needed to learn was how to get around mm -hmm. and he put it just that simply and he's the one who came up with the long cane mm -hmm. and figured out how long it needed to be and how light it needed to be and what it needed to be made of and uh, and came up with a technique and then he worked with a man named uh russell uh, williams who had been blinded he was an artillery soldier who had been blinded in in the days right after d-day in Normandy, mm -hmm. and uh, he had been one of Hoover's trainees, and after the war was over, he became the head of the Heinz VA Hospital uh, in Illinois, and and that program there, Russell Williams and his trainers, the ones he trained, went on to found most of the O&M training programs around the United States. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so our program is going to celebrate that, and we've got a couple of uh, blinded veterans coming in. We've got Tom Miller, who is a former uh, executive director of the Blinded Veterans Association. He's a Korea vet. And we have uh, Glenn Minnie, who is working with the BVA right now. He's uh, their government uh, relations director, and he's a um, Gulf War vet. And uh, they're going to be talking about their experiences going through the whole uh, rehabilitation process after their injuries. And we're going to be exploring the whole history of it. So um, that's a program I'm really looking forward to uh, in celebration of Veterans Day. Mm -hmm. Sounds wonderful. And then in December, another oldie but goodie that mm -hmm. we've done for the entire 12 years that I've been here, or 10 years I've been here, is our, the is our holiday card factory. Oh, yes. The card factory yeah. is really, really popular. It is a lot of fun, and it is very popular. And you, you'll get a chance to not only make holiday cards, tactile cards, uh, but also uh, tactile Christmas ornaments. Uh, we have a few models for that, and it's a lot of fun. It's just If you like, you know, if you're crafty and you like making things, uh, uh, we have lots of different materials, lots of different tactile materials, and, and, and you can put them together in lots of different ways to make uh, very unique uh, cards that you just can't get at, uh, you know, at Hallmark. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's a lot of fun. That's going to be on Saturday, December 5th. Uh, at 10:30, 10:30 to 12:30. So that's our, that's what we have coming up. Um, we're almost ready to announce our 2016 schedule. We're working a few things out on that, but that will be coming out in the next few weeks. And you can go on our website at uh, aph.org/forward/slash/museum, and you can find our, our our 2016 program schedule. And right, and you can find details about these three programs that I just described to there now. Okay. All right. And now you let's move to another interesting area. You you're telling me that you have a new piece of equipment there at APH. I do and it's 
really exciting. Um, now, you know, I'm incapable of telling a short story. You know, I'm a historian, so I got to give you the background. But uh, a few years ago, uh, actually now, quite a few years ago, 2009, we obtained a huge collection from the American Foundation for the Blind, uh, their Miguel Library. Mm -hmm. The Miguel Library had been founded back in the 1920s as a kind of a resource library for the entire field. And back then it was was distributed through the mail. You know, you would call them or write them and say, I want to read such and such a book that, you know, Helen Keller had written or whatever, and they would put in the mail to you. When you're done with it, then you send it back. So AFB um, decided to get out of that business back in 2009, and, and the printing house uh, made an agreement with them, and the Miguel Library came here to us. Mm-hmm. And, and we knew that the mail was just not um, – it's – it's just not the way that the 21st century oh, works. You know. For sure. Still handy to have the mail. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love the USPS. But um, <laughs> uh, so we knew the computer was the way to go. And also, mm-hmm. we wanted to make all of these resources accessible. Right. And so we got into a partnership uh, through a, a library consortium called Lyricis. And it, it put us in partnership with the Internet Archive. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with the yes. Internet Archive. But oh, yeah. Basically, yeah, all these libraries are scanning all this stuff in, and they put it in uh, a really easy search engine online uh, that uh, puts things in in five or six different accessible formats, including uh, EPUB and text, full text and DAISY and some other stuff, and, uh, and, and just standard PDFs, too, for, for low vision and sighted people. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, so we started scanning in as much of the of the uh, Miguel Library as we could, and and it's there if it's out of copyright. Like it takes like 75 years for most printed things in the United States to go out of copyright. So we started just scanning things that were out of copyright. Mm-hmm. But but shortly after that, we started scanning things in that were in copyright. And if you are registered with the NLS, then you can get on there and get those materials. Mm-hmm. Even if they're still in copyright, you can get them in an accessible form. Correct. It's really exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So, but we still had some things that were really fragile. Now, the way these, these books are digitized is you, you box them up and you ship them off to these various service centers around the United States. And they scan them and, and then they do the, the, uh, the uh, transformation process, the OCR and all that mm-hmm. stuff to make it accessible. And, and there are always certain things in your collection that you just don't feel comfortable putting in a box and shipping off. You know, yeah, right, right. Because, it, because they're one of a kind or they're very rare. Mm-hmm. So we have all kinds of, of annual reports from all of the state schools, residential schools, and um, all kinds of different uh, nonprofit organizations and stuff that have served people who are blind or vision impaired over the years. And a lot of those are really very rare and very fragile, and so we didn't feel comfortable putting those in the mail. So this year, this summer, our development department, um, for those of you who have met Bob Belknap, he's our vice president of, uh, of development, and those guys up there are doing just great work. But they wrote a grant up there uh, to a foundation to uh, buy this machine called a tabletop scribe, which is this really cool doohickey. Okay, uh, which is basically like a think of it's a bunch of aluminum frame and glass, and you put your book on it in this cradle, this kind of 
uh, L-shaped cradle. Okay. And so that when you open the book, it it holds the, the supports the book fully and doesn't allow the spine to be bent too much. If you've ever uh, photocopied a book on a on a photocopier, you know you kind of hold it down flat, or yes. if you scan something, you know if it's yes. not flat, if it's a book, you have to hold it down flat onto the glass plate. Right. And that's bad for for an old old book. Absolutely. It, it cracks the spine, right? So this holds it from below in kind of a 90 degree at about a 90 degree angle and cushions it oh. and then you, you you put your foot on this pedal and it raises that cradle up to two sheets of glass and that will flatten out both sides of the book my goodness and then it has these two cameras that are arranged uh at angles mm-hmm. and you and you press a button on your computer and click it takes a picture of those pages right mm-hmm. and you lower it back down Turn the page, raise it back up, click, lower it, turn the page. Boy, that's a slow process click. for somebody. <laughs> well, it seems slow and unless you've ever done any digitizing on uh-huh. a flatbed scanner before, mm-hmm. and you realize it's really fast. Really? Uh, yeah. It's very, very fast, yes. Mm-hmm. Once you get going, um, yeah. you can digitize things very quickly. Okay. And so... We've got this machine now. We're digitizing all these things. And so I had an intern this summer, and her first project was to digitize our entire run of annual reports from the Kentucky School for the Blind. Oh, very neat. And all of those are now online uh, at uh, Internet Archive. Mm-hmm. Um, and all you got to do is go in there, and you can search, and you can find them and, and, uh, and read them in lots of different – in a number of different formats. Mm-hmm. Now, you've probably looked at some uh, optical character recognition process materials, and you know if they have really old fonts, mm-hmm. sometimes that OCR technology is still not quite good enough right. to, to do a good translation. Mm-hmm. Um, so the older that the, the reports are, maybe the OCR is not as good as it is you know, with the more modern fonts. Um, Mike, is it possible... Um... Is it is it possible for uh, someone or someone's to um, you know to go through some of those pages that maybe didn't translate quite so well and you know if a, if an M came out to be an R and an N or mm-hmm. something to make mm-hmm. those corrections can that be done? Obviously, it can be done. Now, how easy is it for us to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, like with the N and archive. Do they have a way to make those changes? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of these processes are kind of automated. Okay. Right. All right. And that's what makes it so cheap. Yes. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Or right. would it be possible to um, take a report, let's mm-hmm. say, and 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 take, say, the text file and make a corrected copy? Just, you know. I don't know, but we need to find that answer out. Yeah. Because that's a that's something that, uh, you know, especially for the stuff, like maybe from the 1860s, 1870s. Right. I know, th- and especially for the first page, mm-hmm. where they use a lot of decorative fonts. Yes. Uh, a lot of times, those first pages are really hard to use a screen reader on because mm-hmm. they'll just come a- come across as gobbledygook. I've done some work with. Uh, the public library had this incredible series of scrapbooks mm-hmm. 
where they had clipped out every article from, say, the Courier Journal from the teens, 20s, and 30s, and 40s from KSB. Somebody oh, had just made a clippings file. Oh. And, uh, and uh, we got a hold of those, and I uh, actually sat and scanned them all in and ran the OCR on them, and it was awful. Yeah. The, you, uh, do you so have I had those? I sit there and manually edit those. Yeah, do you still have those? I do. I actually sent them to Adam. Oh. <laughs> Um, but well. I'm glad to send them again because anybody who is interested in uh, in KSB history would really be mm -hmm. fascinated to see how the school mm -hmm. is being reported mm -hmm. in the local papers. Yeah, you yeah. Know, what yeah. makes the news? You know, a lot of it is you know what you might expect, right? It would mm -hmm. be, uh, you know, uh, the spring, uh, you know, dance or the you know. Uh, entertainment program. But, but see, from the alumni are... standpoint, though, uh -huh. that would be really yeah. interesting because if there are people named in those, yeah. you know, sometimes yeah. they'll say so and so. That's right. You know, That's right. they'll they'll um, put names on their on their pictures or whatever, yeah. and and that would be really inter that'd be especially interesting to me because. You know, because my parents were there in the 30s, yes. so I knew bunches and bunches of people, yeah. and um, and and also some of the the people who were their friends, some of them older, and I mean that would be very neat, you know. So when were your when were your parents there? My mother came in. Well, I had a my mother, and she had a sister and a brother. They all came in 1930. Okay, so I'm sitting here looking right now at the Internet Archive. I'm looking at the report of the Kentucky School for the Blind for the year ending June 30th, 1934. Okay, okay. okay. So the uh, the superintendent was Catherine Moriarty. Moriarty, that's right. Heard of her before. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking through here, and it, it has a, the names of all the kids in the white department and in the color department. Of course, they had the... Uh, African American and white kids separated back. Right, exactly, right? exactly. So, what was your so, maiden name? So, so you have uh, my mother's name. You'll be looking for Macintoshes. Okay, so let's see. And you're going to find I've three of them a Lou at least. Macintosh That's, and a Marie Macintosh. Yeah, yeah. Lula and a is William Macintosh. Right, right. And Lula's my mother. And they were all from Breathitt County, right? Uh, yes, yep, they were. Yeah. So what came, was your dad's name? Came name? on. A, had to write a. Uh, um, take a mule and wagon out to the train in Jackson and ride the train to Louisville. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. So what was your what was your dad? Well, he they weren't there yet. Oh, they weren't there. The yet. Dotsons they were Dotsons and they didn't come until 1936. Okay. Okay. So, so anyways, we could find that report yeah, and there yeah. there it would be. You know. Yeah. So um, uh, so I'll tell you what, let's do an experiment here. Let's look. I'm looking at the PDF version of the file, but I'm going to go to the Full text version of the file here, real quick. Wow. And now I'm, what I'm checking to see is how good the uh, the OCR is, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. So here, let's go to the same page, and we're going to look for the list of students, and look for the Macintoshes, and see how it came out. It came out as let's see, Lou Macintosh, Marie Macintosh, and William Macintosh yeah. from Breath of County. Very good. So so. so so they were doing. So by the time you get into the 20s and 30s, the fonts are, you know, pretty standard, and the OCRs mm -hmm. do really good. Mm -hmm. with it. it really is from back in the 19th century where they, they yeah. struggle a little bit. But yeah, we should we should find out about that. And if someone wanted to take that that kind of a project on and sit and edit them, uh, edit those files, it would be nice to know could we send those to 
uh, Internet Archive, and they would substitute the file, the right. corrected file. Right. Because that's definitely. And you know, I, I just as screen readers continue to get better and better and better, I think OCR technology is going to continue to get better and smarter. Yes. Um, yeah. And, you know, and so this is so available. Far, it's been Ten years. So this is available. Have are you all right in now. the process of doing other schools? Yes. You you okay? Yes. And and we're kind of we're kind of collaborating as we go with Perkins School. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perkins also has really great collections of uh, annual reports, mm -hmm. and so we're we're trying not to duplicate what we do, but both of us are posting these to the Internet Archive. So a person. Who you know? We have a lot of people who listen, like on ACB Radio, and I get calls from people everywhere. I mean, I've had calls from people in New Hampshire and people right. out in out right. west, and you know, all over the country. And so, if 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 a person is listening, someone say, "Well, I wonder if 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 my school's archives are there." Yes. Yes. So it t tell them where do they go to look. Okay. So so. Um First off, they they could you could always definitely call me okay at at five zero two eight nine five two four zero five okay and that is our just ask for Mike Hudson and I could help you right or you could email me at m h u d s o n at a p h dot org m hudson at a p h dot org I would be glad to help you but. What I'm looking at right now is just, it's on the Internet Archive site. And so if you just search uh, for Internet Archive, then you'll basically come up to their front page, which I'm going to look at real quick here. And there's it, a search box. Is, the, is that archive single or plural? It's actually, the, the, the website is archive.org. Archive.org. A-R-C-H-I-V-E.org. Okay. And they go and there, and then they can search. That's right. And then you could, you know, there's a search box, and if you just put in, you know, uh, as you say, uh, Virginia School for the uh, Deaf, Blind, and Dumb, <laughs> which is what it was called originally. <laughs> we yeah. thought we had a problem. <laughs> well, you know, think about the schools that were called, you know, like the blankety-blank school for defective children. How yes. would you like to go to a school like that? <laughs> no. You know, I mean, that pretty much tells you where you stand. Yeah, the, <laughs> those you names know, back then were really something, you know. <laughs> Politically correctness, they did not do. Yeah, they, they aren't. We don't have asylums anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Kentucky's was always thought of. It was always, if you look at it on maps, it's always called the blind asylum. But of yep. course, it was never, never was called that officially or anything. Yeah. yeah, it was anyway, the institute yeah, just, officially, I think. Right. It yeah. Was actually, the, initially it was called the Institution for the Edu Kentucky Institution for the Education of the Blind. That wasn't too bad. No. That, it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have to know, actually, the, if a name of your institution changes, you might have to search by it by several names, right. you know, to get all the reports. That, Correct. That, because it's going to be in there by the title of the publication. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is just fascinating. We really appreciate you taking the time to share this with us, and I'm looking forward to visiting archive.org and pulling up some of those reports in an accessible format. So, And I'll be interested good. to hear about your experience once you've done it. Oh, I'll let you know. Okay, very good. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database. 
http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 4, The Sound Prince Calendar. Unless otherwise indicated, the conference calls listed on this calendar will be held at the following number, 605-475-6006. The code is 294444. Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Activities, unless we indicate otherwise, are held at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 150 South State Street in Louisville. For more information on Greater Louisville Council of the Blind programs and activities, call us at 502-895-4598 or email louisville at kentucky-acb.org. Bluegrass Council of the Blind activities, unless otherwise indicated, are held at the BCB office 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. The Bluegrass phone number is 859-259-1834. On October 8-10, the 147th Annual Meeting of the American Printing House for the Blind will take place at the Hyatt in downtown Louisville. For more information, call Janie Blom at 800-223-1839, extension 367, or email her at jblome, B-L-O-M-E, at aph.org. On October 8th, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have its next meeting via conference call at 7 p.m. Eastern. The phone number is 605-475-4700, and the code is 155619. October 9 is the next GLCB roundabout. It will include education and technology, 3.30 to 6, dinner from 6 to 7, $5 per person, and music, games, and crafts from 7 to 10. Call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On October 10, the GLCB board will meet at 11 a.m. at 605-475-6006, Enter code 294444, and later that afternoon, GLCB will be holding a dine-out from 3.30 to 6 p.m. at Mark's Feed Store, 1514 Bardstown Road in Louisville. Be sure and give us a call at 895-4598 to let us know you'll be attending. On October 12, the Kentucky School for the Blind Advisory Board will meet from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the KSB campus at 1867 Frankfort Avenue in Louisville. Call 502-897-1583 for more information. 
Also on October 12, the Bluegrass Council will have its next community outing from 5 to 6.30 p.m. at the Arboretum, 500 Alumni Drive in Lexington. Call 859-259-1834 for information. On October 15, the eye-opening symposium will be held in Lexington from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Call Bluegrass Council for details. On October 15, there will be a White Cane Day safety celebration in Covington from 10 a.m. to noon. It will be at the police station at 20th and Madison. For more information, call the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind at 859-781-7369. Also on October 15, we'll be celebrating White Cane Safety Day in Louisville from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at 4th Street Live. Call 502-895-4598 for details. On October 16, will be the next GLCB Roundabout, 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. October 17 is Carol Ann's Carousel, 9.30 to 11 a.m., in Cincinnati, it's an opportunity for visually impaired guests to explore the animal characters while the carousel is stationary. Sighted volunteer assistance will be available as needed. It's at Smale Riverfront Park in Cincinnati. Call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369 for details. October 18 is the KSB Alumni Board Meeting at 8 p.m., via conference call, and on October 19, the Kentucky Council of the Blind Board will hold its meeting by conference call. The number for both calls is 605-475-6006, and the code is 294444. On October 20, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its October meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central. It's a White Cane Day safety celebration, the corner of 2nd and St. Anne Streets in downtown Owensboro. For more information, call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418. On October 21, the Charles McDowell Center will have their third annual open house. It's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. There will be product demonstrations, tours, information, refreshments, and much more. It's at the McDowell Center, 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. On October 23, the Statewide Rehabilitation Council will have its regular quarterly meeting at the McDowell Center. Committee meetings begin at 9.30 in the morning, and the meeting will conclude about 2.30 in the afternoon. For more information, call Jennifer Wright at 502-564-4754. Also on October 23 is a GLCB roundabout from 3.30 to 10 at United Crescent Hill Ministries. On October 24 is a Halloween Masks Workshop. From 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., use tactile materials to make scary and friendly masks and headdresses. Registration is required. It's appropriate for kids 5 and up as well as adults, and it's at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum, 1839 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. Give them a call at 502-899-2213 for more information. On October 25, ACB Families will hold its next meeting at 9 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6333 and enter code 1711553. On October 26, Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will have its membership meeting at 7 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. 
On October 28, the Bluegrass Council will hold an open house and 40th anniversary celebration from 12 to 6 p.m. at the BCB Community Room, 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230 in Lexington. Call them at 859-259-1834 for details. And on October 30 is the last GLCB roundabout for the month, Education and Technology, Dinner and Games and Crafts from 3.30 to 10 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind, or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.